The present mania in the modern church for nods and amens from those who feel comforted, affirmed, heard, and blessed has led to a strangeness in our preaching. That strangeness produces many kinds of oddities, one of the most basic of which is an absolutely monstrous mutation of the gospel. Why monstrous? Because it upsets people so? No. Ironically, the opposite is true. It's monstrous precisely because it fails to upset people properly. Jesus did much of his preaching right to the religious people, the self-satisfied people who went to synagogue faithfully. Jesus was upsetting to these people. They left his presence concerned about the state of their souls. Rachel, a man might mutter to his wife on the way home. I'm not so sure I'm such a godly man. What this Yeshua taught from the prophet Ezekiel, oy vey. Perhaps I need to repent. Very upsetting. As I've said before, the modern preacher actively avoids the upsetting business. He is in the encouraging business, the comforting business. You will be shocked to hear that the paying public prefers encouraging to upsetting. But the modern preacher is quite aware, I can assure you, probably more so than you or I. This need for positivity means that a very, very important part of the gospel is left out. That is the entire category of humanity called sin. Sin, which is our eternal penchant for rebellious independence from God, is the very thing that makes our salvation necessary, the very reason Christ died at all, and the very thing from which we must turn to be saved. But the modern church knows nothing of it. We have become, as Dallas Willard says, the farmer who thinks that the only cure for weeds in the field is more fertilizer. Of course, weeds don't need more fertilizer. They are not a growth problem. They are a thievery problem, so they need destroying. Weeds need to be identified and then destroyed. C.S. Lewis noted, Jesus Christ did not say, go into all the world and tell the world that it is quite right. But this is precisely what the modern church tells the lost. I should know. I helped it say that very thing for 18 years on a megachurch staff. The goal of the modern church is to say to the lost, I know, right? Me too. I know exactly how you feel because it's how I feel. We're all in the same boat. But Jesus said things like, you're hypocrites. You give God lip service, but your heart is far from me. Your so-called worship is vain. And what you teach is man's own imaginings of how to get to God. Jesus said, the world hates me because I accuse it of sin and evil. Just think of that sentence. I'll repeat it. Jesus said, the world hates me because I accuse it of sin and evil. Does the world hate your favorite preacher because he accuses it of sin and evil? Just curious. Or is your local guy so hell-bent on approval ratings, he wouldn't dare tell the world the evil state of their hearts? Now, the reason this problem is so central is because the gospel is God's solution to a fatal problem. And again, that problem is continual sin. Genesis 6-5 describes mankind saying, Every intent 
of the thoughts of his heart are only evil continually. This is how the Bible describes people without Christ. How does your local guy describe them? How does your favorite preacher describe people? Let me take a guess. Does he describe them as good people who are burned out? Good, good, well-meaning people who are just confused? Or does he say that they are people whose every intent of the thoughts of their heart are only evil continually? Well, the issue is that if you fail to tell people the actual diagnosis of their problem, leading them to the right treatment is going to be fairly difficult. Modern preachers have this insane hope that they can tell people their problems are no more severe than a mild rash, but then those same people will willingly submit to open-heart surgery as a treatment. And please know, open-heart surgery is an understatement for what's needed when evil people come to Jesus. He has to remake us from the inside out. And the biblical term for this remaking, what's needed for sin, this is God's method of salvation I'm talking about here, is repentance. Jesus forgiving us of sin and extending grace is definitely a part of salvation, but it is incomplete. The gospel Jesus taught absolutely included repentance. That is, changing your mind and your behavior about your sin. Jesus said the reason that he came to earth was to call sinners to repentance. He came to call sinners, not mistaken people, not broken people like our worship songs just love calling us, not sad people, not accidentally God-offending people, but sinners. And he came to call them not to give up and finally give in, not to just be built up or affirmed by him, but to repent to him according to their deep eternal offenses toward the holy God of all, to change their mind, to realize that they offend a perfect God, to confess to him, we have offended you, and then to come to him plaintively and say, would you please change my heart so that I might please you? Would you please walk with me and lead me out of my sin and my offense? I've served for years in a men's ministry that helps men come to God at whatever point in their lives they may find us, the ministry team. We're trained to lead men to God, primarily through repentance. But recently, I attended an event of this group where we were told that the men we would be talking to needed help, not because of sin, but because they were broken, or society is very hard on them, or, you know, they're isolated and they have no friends. Now, these may be exacerbating situations, but their real problem is none of these things. Nor can a ministry team help somebody be less isolated or less broken or help them deal with a society that's hard on them. Happily, if you're investing in ministering to people and you want to have actual impact, the problem is unrepentant sin. And this can be rectified by, drumroll, leading people to repentance. I'll just say in closing that there are problems that need something more than repentance. People do need practical help, I know that. And listening and sympathy have their place. But what I'm putting my finger on is the absolute 
pittance of airtime that's given to the topic of sin in the modern church. When it is the very reason that God came to earth, it is the refrain from cover to cover in your Bible that man is sinful and as such he must turn to his Savior as his only hope. As Jeremiah 17.9 aptly states, the heart of man is deceitful above all things and desperately wicked. Don't be fooled by any church that would tell you differently. No matter how beautiful the sets on the stage, no matter how large the attendance, no matter how charismatic the speaker, sin and nothing else is our problem. And repentance and nothing less is God's means of salvation.